Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone and welcome back to Sleep Cues. It's Q&A Tuesday, so today we're going to be covering the top five questions from my inbox for the week. These come in from Instagram, DMs on Instagram, they come in from my inbox directly, sometimes they're Facebook messages, but they're questions that I've gotten over the course of the last week that will help out these parents who've asked the questions, but generally you're going to help out a lot of other parents too because so many of us are having similar questions about our little ones at various ages. Some of these questions apply to all the ages, some of them apply to more specific ages, but chances are you haven't been through the stage that this parent is talking about just yet and this might just help you out when you get to that stage or you might be going through it right now and it's going to help you out in this moment. So let's get started. The first question I pulled out for this week is this. My baby sleeps 11 hours at night straight, but all four of his naps are short in the day and sometimes that means we even need to do five naps. Should I be worried about the amount of daytime sleep he's getting? Should I be worried about the amount of sleep my child is getting is a very common question that I get asked at every age. First things first, if you are doing everything you can to get your baby as much healthy sleep as you can, mama, try not to stress. Okay, we're doing everything we can to get your baby some sleep. He's probably getting lots of good sleep for his proper development. Try not to stress. Certainly you can chat with your doctor or your pediatrician if you have more questions about how much sleep your baby's getting. And certainly you can always contact us and ask for a free 20-minute phone consultation if you want to chat with us about what's going on with your baby's sleep. But very often I see parents stressing about their child's sleep in terms of the amount of sleep that their child's getting. And even if that sleep is happening in your arms rocking during the day, your child is getting rest and you are concentrating on it and that means you're doing a great job and he's probably getting enough sleep. But in terms of this particular question, it brings up an important point and that is you want to look at the total amount of sleep that your child is getting in a 24-hour period. Yes, it's great once our children start having longer, really restful naps, but if a child is sleeping 11 hours straight every night and having four or five 30 to 45 minute naps in the day, that's still a lot of rest. So that's what I'm getting at when I say really try not to stress because that child is getting lots of sleep. I'm assuming that this child specifically is around four months of age because he is having four to five naps in a day. So if a four month old is getting 11 hours of sleep at night and then having four to five 30 minute naps in the day, that's still a lot of sleep. A four month old generally needs around 14 to 15 hours of sleep in a 24 hour period. So in a 24 hour period, that child's getting lots of rest. Yes, our hope is that he's going to start having some longer naps because those longer naps can be really restorative. But sometimes children just don't start having longer naps and consolidating their daytime sleep into those longer rests until they're closer to about four and a half or five months of age. There could be some other things going on that are causing those short naps, or it could just be an age thing and those might get longer as time goes on. But once again, look at how much sleep that child is getting in a 24-hour period. Don't just look at nights and don't just look at naps. Look at how much sleep your child's getting in a total day. This child's getting quite a lot of healthy rest, so try not to worry. The next question that I pulled out for this week is, why can my child sleep longer stretches at night, but only 30 minutes for naps? He'll sometimes give me four or five hours straight at night, but never sleeps more than 30 minutes for his nap. 
there's a lot more natural sleep pressure at nighttime. We all sleep better at night. Our melatonin levels rise around our naturally occurring bedtime, melatonin being the naturally occurring hormone that helps us fall asleep. That rises at our naturally occurring bedtime for babies and for adults, and it helps us fall asleep. It helps us stay asleep. So at nighttime, we are more likely to have a more restful sleep than if we're just napping. Certainly that goes for babies. Babies have a lot more sleep pressure at night, and it is normal that a child will sleep longer stretches at night, even if they can only have short naps during the day. So that's what's probably going on with that child is they're just in a deeper sleep at night. They can have those longer stretches at night, but then they're only having the 30 minute naps during the day because there is less sleep pressure. It's also really important to remember that there could be some other things going on with those short naps and causing those short naps. So in previous episodes, we have talked about sleep props. Sleep props are things like a pacifier to get to sleep, rocking or feeding to get your baby to sleep. If that stuff is happening to get your baby to sleep, then it's probably also what's causing your baby to have short naps or multiple nighttime wake-ups, especially if we're well out of the newborn stage and we're still seeing lots and lots of nighttime wake-ups or those really short naps. So yes, certainly there is less sleep pressure during the day, but it is still possible for babies to have long naps. It's just that sometimes there are some things keeping them from learning how to have those long naps and putting themselves back to sleep if they wake up after say one sleep cycle, which is 45 minutes. We want to keep in mind why those 30 minute naps might be happening aside from the fact that there's simply less sleep pressure during the day than there is at night. The 30 minute naps are probably happening for the same reason that your child wakes up after four hours of sleep at night. And that is that sleep prop in many cases. So at night, a child may go to sleep with a pacifier in his mouth and wake up after four hours of deep sleep in a lighter stage of sleep looking for that pacifier. In the daytime, because there is less sleep pressure, the child might wake up after only 30 minutes for that pacifier. But the reason the child woke up in both scenarios is the same, and that is that pacifier, that sleep prop being in his mouth and available at sleep time and then no longer being available when he goes through a lighter stage of sleep. Whether that's 30 minutes into a nap or four hours into the night, it's the lack of the sleep prop available during that light stage of sleep that causes him to fully wake up and not be able to get back to sleep without that sleep prop coming back into play. So really important to keep in mind the reasons that those short naps might be happening during the day, and then you can start to look at how you can make some changes to adjust your child's sleep and help him start having longer naps without the sleep props. And I'd encourage you to go have a listen to that episode of Sleep Cues on the sleep props because they're such a big key to why those short naps happen. The next question in my inbox was, my five-month-old just learned to roll onto his belly, but he can't get back onto his back. It's totally messing up our nights. Do you have any advice? Rolling is such a tough one, or it can be such a tough one. For some little ones, it's not tough because they roll onto their belly and then the same day or you know the same week, they roll onto their back. They learn both very quickly together, and then it's a lot less disruptive to sleep. But very often when I'm working with a five or six month old, they have learned to roll onto their belly, but they can't yet roll back onto their back on their own. And that can be pretty frustrating for parents and for your baby when it comes to their sleep. 
because they roll onto their belly either purposely on their own or even in their sleep and then they wake up and can't get back onto their back and they're frustrated and then mom or dad is running in to flip them over but then the baby's really stimulated and now we just have a bit of a mess on our hands as this parent said in this in this email it's totally messing up our nights so what can you do When your baby learns to roll onto his belly but can't yet get back onto his back, what I recommend is first, do try to delay gratification just a little bit. Obviously, we're going to need to go and flip your baby back onto his back. If he's stuck on his belly, he's upset and he can't get back on his own. We're not just going to leave him on his belly upset. But what I often find is that parents will run straight to the crib the second the baby's on his belly and upset and flip him onto his back. And then very quickly, it kind of becomes a game where your child is like, oh, you run over here really fast when I go onto my belly. I'm going to keep doing this over and over and over again. And it gets really frustrating and can take a really long time for your baby to go back to sleep and become very stimulating. And again, kind of become a game. If you are comfortable with it and if you can wait a couple of minutes, I would wait a couple of minutes before you go roll your baby back onto his back and then hopefully he can go back to sleep on his own. And then if he does it again, again, you wait a couple of minutes, wait two or three minutes. If you're finding it's a really big issue and you can still supervise your baby from your video monitor or even from near his crib, for example, and you know everything's okay, you could maybe even wait five to 10 minutes if you're really finding it's becoming a game and he keeps rolling back onto his belly the moment you roll him onto his back. So that's one way that you can deal with rolling is just to delay gratification a little bit and then practice a ton with your baby during the day. A lot of parents will only practice with their baby on his play mat during the day. And you really need to keep in mind that your baby rolling on his play mat on the big open space in your living room during the day is really different than him trying to learn to roll in his crib where there are rails on either side and he's bumping up next to them and it's harder and more restrictive to roll. So even practice in the crib. During your baby's awake time in the day, go in the room, lights are on, put a few toys in the crib, put him on his belly, and then go around the corner of the crib and say, where's my mommy, where's mommy, to try to get him to roll from his belly onto his back to get towards you. This can really help your baby practice in the crib. The sooner you can get through the rolling milestone, the less disruptive it's going to be for sleep. So really do practice lots during the day. Two other really important things to keep in mind about rolling. One, Health Canada always recommends that you put your child in his crib on his back. So we're putting baby into his crib on his back. But two, the same health experts who recommend that you put your baby into his crib on his back also iterate that when your baby can roll independently, you do not have to be going and continually repositioning him. So if your baby rolls onto his belly on his own and is happy there, you don't have to be going and repositioning him once he's gotten to that position on his own. But do continue to always place him into his crib on his back. Next question. This was a DM from Instagram. Can you do sleep coaching when the baby still sleeps in the parent's room? 100% yes, you can. Health Canada and the AAP recommend that babies sleep in the same room as a parent until at least six months. And we work with children under six months. So that means that a lot of babies we work with still sleep in the same room as their parent. And that is totally fine. You can absolutely still do sleep coaching very successfully when baby still sleeps in the same room as a parent. 
we definitely talk about making sure that baby is in his own sleep space, meaning his own crib, so we're no longer sharing a bed or sidecarring a crib, for example, with one wall down and the, and the crib butted up against the parent's bed, because that's a different scenario. That's where we're kind of using sleep crutches, like being in the same bed as the baby or being right up next to the baby with your beds kind of attached. So I would suggest that if you are planning on doing sleep coaching, you be ready to have baby in his own crib or bassinet in your room, if you're keeping him in your room and not in your bed or sidecar next to the bed. And of course, that goes along with Health Canada's recommendation that baby be in his own sleep space anyway. But when it comes to sleep coaching, the other reason we want baby to be in his own sleep space is because we're trying to get rid of the sleep crutches, like lying with you to fall asleep and teaching your baby how to sleep independently in his crib. But that doesn't mean without any love or support or reassurance. And it doesn't mean your baby has to be in his own bedroom already. You can do sleep coaching with baby still in the same room as mom and dad. You can successfully do that when baby is in his own sleep space and you can reassure him and walk through sleep coaching strategies when he's in the same room as you. I do really like a sound machine if a child is sleeping in the same room as parents because inevitably we all make lots of noise in our sleep. We rustle, we stir, we snore, sometimes we talk in our sleep. Our babies make noise and wake us up. We make noise and wake our babies up. So I do like there to be a sound machine in the room if you're doing sleep coaching in the same room as your baby because we drown out those external sounds. So have a sound machine on a white noise setting, have it five or 10 feet away from the crib, run it continuously through nap times and through night times to help drown out those external sounds, especially if you're room sharing. Final question for today. I've noticed you recommend once a child moves to a one nap schedule when they're a toddler, that nap happens at 12 p.m. each day. Does that ever change as your toddler gets older? It can, yes. Some toddlers, as they get older and they become preschoolers and they're still napping, still do really well with a 12 p.m. nap. My own daughter always had her nap at 12 p.m. That's what her daycare did five days a week. So that's what we did on the weekends. Her body clock was kind of set to that and she went down easily even when she was three and still napping at noon. However, I have a lot of experience working with other children that age, not just my own, and not every child is the same. So some children, when they are around, I would say two and a half or three and still need a nap, do need a bit more sleep pressure for their nap. So while I do recommend that, say, an 18-month-old to a two-year-old definitely still needs their nap at noon, and that works best for most 18 to 24-month-olds, is a noon nap, I would say that by about two and a half to three, a 12.30 or one o'clock nap might work better for some children. At 18 to 24 months and even a bit beyond that, if we're going much later than noon with the nap, your child is getting really overtired. It's a long time to go from morning wake up to like 12.30, one o'clock without a nap. So that's why I like 12 p.m. for a nap at that age. If your child is now more like two and a half or three and still napping, and you're seeing that they're not tired enough at 12 p.m., they're still really wound up, they're taking a long time to fall asleep, they're just babbling and singing in their crib for half an hour, it might be time for your toddler or preschooler to have a slightly later nap. So it might be more like 12.30 or 1 o'clock. I do not recommend that you put your child down any later than 1 o'clock for their one nap per day because then you're getting too late. 
too late in the day such that they are overtired from too much awake time before their nap and too late in the day such that the nap is going to end too late and then you're going to end up with a really late bedtime or you're going to try to put your child down at a normal bedtime like 7.30 and they're not going to be tired enough for it if your nap is from like two o'clock until four o'clock in the afternoon. Your child's not going to be ready for a 7.30, 8 o'clock bedtime if they're three years old and napped from two to four in the afternoon. So that's why I would say once we hit that age, we still don't want to be doing nap any later than one o'clock because we're going to end up with a very difficult schedule for your child. So yes, it might end up being later than noon when your child gets a little older, but definitely not later than one for that one nap a day schedule. So those are the questions for this week. I have a few more in my inbox, but those are the top five. I'll try to get to the other few at our next Q&A day, but I hope that was helpful. And whether it's something that can help you out right now or something you can keep in the back of your mind for the future, if your child is still little and not quite into those toddler years yet, then certainly it's things that you can keep top of mind. So as you go through those stages, you can get through them with great rest. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.